Our Father, we thank you uh, for gathering your people here this morning. As brothers and sisters in Christ, God, I, I am thankful um, that we get to come together and to worship you and to hallow your name together. God, be praised in all that we do this morning. Um, I pray that during this time of, of looking into your word and singing together and serving to, with one another and fellowshipping with one another, that you would speak to us, that your Holy Spirit would be at work to even uh, speak to our hearts and open up the eyes of our hearts to see your great love for us uh, as made evident through Jesus Christ, uh, our Lord and Savior. God, I pray that uh, you would say what you want to say over the next few minutes with, to each one in this room. I pray that you give us ears to hear what you want us to hear, that you move us and that you be glorified in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. So our relationship with God, I, I think it often looks less like a relationship and more like superstition. Uh, this is often evidenced in our prayer life. So I would ask just to start, like, what does your prayer life look like? What is prayer even to you? Is it possibly just throwing up some wishes, almost, like some requests, offering the right words in hopes that God would uh, grant you good things in return? If you were to think about it, is it much different than maybe like Geppetto wishing, wishing on that star for Pinocchio to become a real boy? Though, of course, we know not to ask for things that are that quite that far-fetched. We want things that could kind of happen, whether God was a part of it or not, maybe. Is your prayer life, though, much different than maybe wearing a rally cap if your team's in the bottom of the ninth and needs a comeback? Is prayer more than just like doing all the right things just in case it has some bearing on the outcome? We hear stories about monks and like saints of the past who've had incredible experience with God in prayer, experiences with God in prayer, like uh, God gives them a vision, or God gives them a word, or he gives them a poem, or a song, or, or sort of speaks to them in some kind of big way. And, and for many of us, I think that that seems foreign. It might even seem really kind of weird. I mean, we know that all those types of things happen back in the Bible, right? Like at our most basic we believe that all scripture was inspired by God. So we believe that God somehow gave the words of the Bible to the writers of the Bible, to the authors, right? We believe that he spoke directly to Moses through a burning bush. That he spoke to the prophets in many ways. That he gave a revelation to John in a vision. But it seems like that we'd often like it to stay there, right? Like, in the old stories in the Bible rather than out here in our modern lives. Maybe we believe that that's for like the super spiritual people, but it's not for you and I. Or maybe we've just been burned by false prophets and TV evangelists, right, who claim to, to have heard from God, but who have clearly been preying on the poor and the sick to line their own pockets. So maybe like understandably, the, the uber-spiritual experiences just make us a little bit suspicious. Or maybe we really do wish for a miraculous encounter with God. Like, like if only we could see him face-to-face, -face, then we could believe more and we could quit doing this or we could quit doing that. We'd find the strength to get on in life if we could just have that big revelation. Yet, if we're honest... 
We often neglect the invitation to spend time being with Jesus daily in prayer and in his word, don't we? Of course, I get that. I get it. Like reading the Bible and and spending time in prayer, maybe like journaling or memorizing and meditating on scripture, those things can feel rote. They can feel like just going through the motions. And maybe it's hard to get still and quiet. Maybe there's no time in your life. It, it doesn't look like that like Instagram-worthy sunrise quiet time, you know, with sweaters and pumpkin spice. Maybe that's not really what your mornings look like. Maybe it just seems like another thing to actually just try to cram into the day, another thing that you can fail at and that you're not really sure would do anything anyways. Over the course of the next couple of months, We're going to be spending some time like learning the Lord's Prayer on Sunday mornings. And in our missional communities, we're going to be spending some time learning and practicing a prayer life that is less superstitious and more conversational, more relational. And what I hope is that during this time, you're going to discover that prayer and time with Jesus is not merely like a superstitious activity. And it isn't something that we have to get just right. But that friendship and a conversational relationship with God is not just for the super spiritual. It's actually what you were made for. So throughout Scripture, it's evident that God desires a relationship with his people. That he didn't create people to go through the motions. Like to do, to do a prayer time as some sort of like appeasing act to God a a one-way offering up to him where we are kind of left to wonder whether he even heard us and whether he was going to act in our favor. Now, he wanted to be with his people. He wanted to talk to them, and he wanted to hear from them. In Genesis, God is walking in the Garden of Eden, coming to talk with Adam and Eve, calling out for them. God talked to Noah. God talked to Abraham. Like I said earlier, he talked with Moses from a burning bush. He delivered his people from Egypt, and then he had them build a tabernacle where he could come and be with them and be amongst them. And if you fast forward to the New Testament, Jesus is born, and he is named Emmanuel, which means God with us. And he was here among his people. He was walking the earth. He was befriending not just the super spiritual and the most influential of the day, right, but everyday people, actually the least likely of people, the fishermen, the tax collectors, the women who were outcast, and more. Jesus didn't just come and have people bow down and offer up their wishes or jump through his hoops. He came to be with us, right? He came to befriend us. We visited John 15, like several times over the last year. And there we find Jesus and his disciples uh, talking with one another at the Last Supper. It's some of the last words that Jesus would have shared with his friends before he was arrested and crucified. And he encourages them to abide in him, like to stay connected to him, to stay bonded to him. More than that, I love what he tells them in John 15, 13 through 15. Listen to this. He says, greater love has no one than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I've heard from my father I have made known to you. 
Jesus calls his disciples friends. And that same night, he's taken into custody, soon to lay his life down for those who he calls friends. Jesus calls his followers his friends, and not just the super-Christians, not the monks, not just the saints, not just the martyrs, but you. Christian, you are a friend of God. He laid down his life for you. This is how he relates to you. This is how he loves you. This is what he has called you. I have called you friends, he says there in John. I think more than anything this morning, I wish that I could make that truth land on us with its full weight. It's just such good news. Because to be called a friend of God's is much different than being called a servant of God's, isn't it? A servant may go about following the master's order like out of uh, fear or out of obligation, but friends like dine together. They talk with each other. They get to know each other intimately and deeply. They share the depths of themselves with one another. They know each other through and through, and they lay themselves down. They sacrifice. They give to one another generously because they love one another deeply. And this is how Jesus loves you. His sacrifice wasn't just out of obligation. It was an act of love for those that he has called his friends. It was an act done to make a way for our friendship with God to be restored and to flourish. How does that truth impact how we then relate to God? What does it mean to be a friend of God's for us? And how is it reflected in our prayer life? In studying the Lord's Prayer uh, from Matthew's Gospel, Martin Lord. Lloyd-Jones considered the disciples' uh, prayer life, and he wrote this. He wrote, They saw how Jesus would arise a, a great while before dawn and go up into the mountains to pray, and how he would spend whole nights in prayer. And sometimes, I have no doubt, they said to themselves, What does he talk about? What does he do? They may have also thought, like, I find after a few minutes in prayer that I come to the end of my words. What is it that enables Jesus to be drawn out in prayer? What is it that leads to this ease and this abandonment, Lord? They said, teach us how to pray. The disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray. They asked him that in Luke chapter 11. Listen to what Jesus says to them in Luke chapter 11, 1 through 13. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. As John taught his disciples, and he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which of you has a friend uh, will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children, children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because he's of his uh, impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs." And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. 
receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, that's a lot there. We can't unpack it all this morning. But as we begin a season of growing into a conversational relationship with God and walking through the Lord's Prayer, mostly as we find it in Matthew's Gospel, I think that this passage from Luke's Gospel helps us better imagine what we are called to in prayer, what we're invited to uh, when we're invited in to talk with God or when we're invited into a relationship with God. Jesus says to imagine prayer is going to a friend on behalf of a friend. You knock on the door, you make your petition, and the friend answers back, and he can't ignore you. He says also to imagine a child asking something of their father. You see, I'll just, all I want us to see right there is that the Lord's Prayer isn't some superstitious, superstitious like ritual like rubbing a rabbit's foot or carrying around a lucky coin. It's an invitation to step into a conversation with God, to learn how to hear Him and to get to know Him deeply and see how He knows and how He loves you. I've used the, the Lord's Prayer now for some time, like practicing walking through it slowly and repeatedly uh, and just kind of letting it guide my own prayers. I found that there's just absolutely nothing that it doesn't cover. It's deep. It's wide. I know I haven't plumbed the depths of it. And it served uh, to lead me into an ongoing conversation with God that lets me go deep with him and learn who God is and what he does and who I am to him and, and what he wants me to do with my life. I can use it when I'm alone and quiet, and I can use it when I'm praying in a moment. I can praise it, pray, use it to pray continually. Just the other day, I was about to go into a, a difficult meeting, and I just began to pray through the Lord's Prayer. And I started with our Father, and, it, and as soon as I prayed that, I was reminded of who I am to God. Like, He's my Father, and I am His child. But not only that, I was reminded immediately of, of those who I was about to meet with, and who they were, and who they are to God. They also were his children. They are my brothers and sisters in Christ. It was as if the Holy Spirit was speaking straight to my heart so that I could see everybody that I was about to meet through his eyes and see them as he sees them. I continued to pray it. Give us this day our daily bread. And as I prayed that, I prayed that, that God would let us get everything out of the meeting that we needed to get out of the meeting. But I was reminded, again, like this conversation that was happening with the Lord, I was reminded that he provides all that I need. And so I was given rest that, that wherever he led us in that upcoming conversation, that would be enough for the day. And it changed my heart's prayer to, to ask to let our hearts just be satisfied with whatever it is that he provided and not to be anxious for more. It reminded me that I can, be, I can just trust him. This is what he does. The prayer leads me into a conversational relationship with God. Romans 8, 26 through 27 says this, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray 
pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I love that passage so much. It just gives me so much permission. I think it gives us so much permission to step out of like that rote going through the motions. It gives us permission to to let prayer be what it really is. It's a conversation rather than a performance. What I don't get right, the Spirit takes care of for me. And, And what's more, my experience is that praying through the Lord's Prayer leads me into a conversation with the Lord with ease. And that it almost like allows me to, to press my, my ear in and hear the types of prayers that the Spirit must be offering on my behalf and on our behalf, which leads me to know the heart of God more and more. And that's what friendship and intimacy is all about, right? Is knowing each other through and through. John Ortberg said uh, in this first Hearing God study video, many of you probably watched that this past week with your missional community. He said this, he said, I tend to be so suspicious, put off by like the abuse of God told me so language, that I tend to go to the other extreme and close myself off from the possibility of God talking to us or having a conversation with him. Maybe you can relate to that sentiment. I know I can. I've been there for sure. I still go there sometimes. What I hope to invite you into this morning is to see the great possibility that though Jesus has often been misrepresented, and many have used the idea of God speaking uh, to abuse others, God is still the same. That doesn't change who he is. How people misrepresent him, how people use that language to abuse, that, abuse others, that doesn't change who God is. He's still the same. God himself is not abusive, and he's not playing favorites, and he's not only talking with, like, the elite leaders. The truth about God is that he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And there's no greater love than that of a friend who would lay down his life for another. And what he has communicated in word and in deed throughout history is that he desires a relationship with us, that he desires a relationship with us with you, and that you and I were made for friendship with God. So my hope and prayer is that uh, we're going to be opening ourselves up over the next several weeks to learn to live in a more conversational relationship with God, and that through this experience, we're going to taste and see that the Lord is good, that friendship with Him is actually life for us. And that's what I'm inviting you into this morning, is just to set aside some time and space in, the, in this next season to be with Jesus. It doesn't have to be perfect. Set aside some time and space to be with him. Walk through these practices with us. Maybe even begin spending some time just praying through the Lord's Prayer. Pray it slowly. Pray it repeatedly. Just to make a space to be with him. And see how he loves you. See how he seeks a friendship with you, that he wants to talk with you, that he wants you to talk back to him, that he wants to tell you how he deeply loves you, and he wants to let you know him through and through. He wants to be your friend. We're going to enter into a time of response as we do each week. 
And the band's going to come, and they're going to lead us through some more time of worship, through singing. Um, And then we're going to move into a time of communion as well, as we do uh, every week. And as you come down, you can come down the center aisle. Uh, Offering basket is back there in the back. If you want to give your offerings and tithes there, you can. If that's just slipping out of your account, uh, like an e-payment or something like that, that's okay too. That's great. What we really want you to do is take a moment during this time to remember that that's happening to remember that God is your provider, to remember that gift that you're giving back, and to like offer a moment of worship for who he is and what he's done. And then as you come, uh, we're going to take, and we're going to take the bread, and you can dip it in the wine or the juice. Wine or the juice. We also have these cups uh, with, the, with the juice and the, the bread already on them, if you prefer that. And when we come, we're taking the bread and remembering the body of Christ that was given for us. We're remembering the blood of Christ that was shed for us. We're proclaiming to one another that Jesus is who he says he is. No greater love has anybody shown than, that, than laying down their life for a friend. And this is what Jesus has called us. This is what Jesus has made us. He came and did what he said he would do. He died for us. And he rose again, and he gave us new life, and he brought us into the family of God, and he has called us friends, and he is with us, and he is with us always. And so if you're a Christian, whether you're a member at Redemption Church or not, we just invite you to come and to remember that truth with us and to proclaim that truth to one another this morning and worship with us in that way. I'm going to pray for us, and we'll move into that time. Our Father... We thank you for making us your people. We thank you that you've made us uh, a children, children of God, that you've made us brothers and sisters in Christ. You've done what we could not do. You've made us who were not a people into a people, into a family. And not just any family, like a royal family, children of the king. You've called us friend. Your desire is not for us to to go through motions or to add up or to, to perform for you. Your desire is to have a relationship with us, to, to have a friendship with us, to, to let us know how you know us through and through and to help us to know you through and through and to live within the identity that you created us with as your people, to make you known in all the earth and in all that we do. This is life for us. This is what we are created for. So God, I pray that this morning as we even take this this supper together, as we eat the bread and as we drink the wine or the juice, we remember the blood of Christ that was shed for us. We remember the body that was given for us. We remember the sacrifice that you made. We remember the life that you've given through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We proclaim your good news in all that we do this morning and even to our own heart. Lord, we believe. Help us in our unbelief and draw us near. In Jesus' name, amen.